0: Hey, this is Devin Michael with the Higher Quality Podcast. Super excited to be interviewing you. So could you introduce yourself, your role in the company that you work at?
1: My name is Steve White. I lead all of talent acquisition for an organization called BECU, formerly or known as the Boeing Employees Credit Union, and but affectionately known to most people as BECU's Pacific Northwest-based credit union, one of the largest credit unions in the country. We have 1.4 million members and about $30 billion in managed assets.
0: What is top of mind for you as a talent leader at your organization?
1: Currently, I'm focused on enhancing our employer brand and our candidate experience. Those things are really critical, but really instituting and implementing things like talent acquisition excellence. I'm really, really big on, you know, us showing up in an excellent way. I want to make sure we show up in an excellent way in everything we do.
0: What is something you wish you knew about leading talent that you didn't know when you first
1: started? That the key of building a strong employer brand, whether you're a recruiter, you're a coordinator, you're in talent acquisition operations, whatever it may be, really building a a strong employer brand. Like every one of us participates and leaning into that and creating it and building it. Those things are so critical. What's something
0: unique about you as a talent leader at your organization that makes you a perfect fit for that
1: job? I think that there's no special sauce, right? But I would consider myself to be a galvanizing and tenacious leader. I do take it very seriously, right? And that the role that I have, to ensure that we are rallying ourselves around a cause, a vision, tying it and connecting it to the broader purpose of what we do in the organization that we love and support, and that we're we're following through on what we promised we said we would
0: do. We made it to the last question, and this one's a fun one. What is the worst question you've ever been
1: asked in an interview? I'd say, why do you want to work for Insert Company? I hate that question. (laughs) Why did you contact me? The candidate could respond and say, right? It is such an arrogant approach to interviewing and recruiting. We often as companies forget that the candidate is also interviewing us as much as we are interviewing them. And so we need to take a step back. We forget that the candidate should be the hero of the story. What's up,
0: everyone? I'm Devin Michael, host of the Higher Quality Podcast, joined today by Steve White, head of talent acquisition at BECU. You just heard him on a qualified pre-interview with me, but now he's here joining me now live for a higher quality conversation. Steve, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited. I admire you, the work you're doing in the podcast. I appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. Super excited. And like I said, you are the head of talent acquisition at BECU. And that's about as far as I want to get with your introduction. i like to let you do the introducing. Um, So tell me, tell the audience where I missed what we don't know about you.
1: I think uh, if you ask most people, potentially my kids, my wife, they'd say that's pretty much it. So nothing, nothing else beyond that. No layer of depth beyond that. So Kidding. They, well, maybe not. Maybe not with my <laughs> <So> kids. Maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh, but honestly, I mean, I've been in talent acquisition in the space for man, almost two decades now. Uh, I've worked for, you know, multiple organizations. I've worked in staffing right when I first came into the ta- talent acquisition space. So many people who are listening right now probably have the same journey right into where they are in their careers. Uh, starting in staffing, i worked for Apple One. Which I truly uh, love and admire. If you listen, you know, uh, started off listening into the recording, I do reference Bernie Howroyd, who was the founder and CEO of Apple One. Now it's run by his son uh, and his wife, uh, uh, Janice Howroyd. And so uh, phenomenal organization. Been fortunate enough to work for some great companies, right? And in, in throughout my career. So getting a great start there, being able to pivot and working for organizations like Pier One Imports, Lockheed Martin, short time at Microsoft, although very impactful even in a short period of time that I was there. And then, you know, bringing that journey all the way to leading talent acquisition at BECU. Um, so much of it, right, is is being around great people. Uh, you know, my time at Lockheed really shaped a lot of how I think and how I lead, you know, how I think operationally and and um, and about, you know, work overall. And so kudos to the people there, folks like um, you know, uh, I won't name them, long as I won't be able to to, to really cover <laughs> won't be it, long enough. people who who re- yeah, it won't be long enough. Truly, I mean, the people that but just that time there, right? The excellence, right? And I know we had talked a little bit about this before, Devin. I mean, the, the excellence, right? That 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 organization demonstrates on a regular basis. I've never, you know, it's phenomenal, right? Now. You know, just it. really, truly appreciate. That. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> it, say, it. It, 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 I mean, it's mean, unmatched, right? By so many orgs, right, that I've ever seen or been around. And, yeah, um, grateful to be where I am now, and truly able to contribute to to what we're doing. And uh, and one of the things I love, I'm a purpose-driven individual. I, I like to consider myself a responsibility-centered person, and that's what landed me right in the organizations that I've been a part of. So many, so many of the different things that I learned behind the scenes throughout the interview process or researching an organization led me to the companies that I ended up working for and BECU, right. Being here now is a purpose-driven organization, right? we got this people helping people philosophy, our new CEO who's been here a year as of this week, uh, Bev Anderson is really truly focused on taking our members on their journey to financial freedom. I mean, you know, being Mm -hmm. able to, to say, not just that we work for a credit union that's large, it's one of the largest credit unions in the country. We do all these things, but really saying what sort of impact do we want to make? Uh, it's not about, you know, uh, revenue and profits and all these other things, but truly making a difference in people's lives. And, uh, and you know, I, that's phenomenal to me. And I, I love being able to to contribute to an organization. I think big about talent acquisition. I think that, you know, Ta- and our vision at BECU and, ta- and talent acquisition our talent acquisition vision at BECU is we catalyze the growth and transformation at BECU, right? And so, and, and then we go on to say, helping us to become the leading financial services uh, cooperative in the nation is so big. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't do our jobs well on the front end, the company can't do what it desires to do. We can't take people on a journey to financial freedom, because if we truly believe That you know, employees or people are the greatest asset in any any organization. Then talent acquisition is the most vital part of the org. It is so critical for us to to do our jobs well. And if we don't do our jobs well, the organization won't do as well as it it set out to do. Right? So, or it's it's setting out to.
0: That was it. That's the podcast, (laughs) Numpkin. Thanks for joining (laughs) me. I
1: appreciate you having me. I was so glad to be here. No, the the. I mean, there's
0: so much gold in there, right? So showing up excellently, I think you said it. And then you embody, you kind of just laid out, okay, what does that look like? Like, okay, what are we doing at BECU to show up excellently? You just said it. Can you say your talent mission again?
1: It's, uh, we catalyze the growth and transformation at BECU, helping us to become the leading financial services cooperative in the nation. And we go on to say, right, further, Devin, that we don't. We we do this not just by, you know, filling a position or putting a butt in a seat. We do this by you know through excellent partnerships and connections, candidate experiences, right, and then uh, taking a candidate and turning them into a great candidate into a, a phenomenal employee who makes a significant and positive difference in, at BECU and in the lives of our members, right? So
0: gotcha. So. Where, if you're willing to share, where did you come in to BECU and say, "Hey, we're not showing up excellently in this way right now. Like our goal is this, right? Like, you know, where are we improving?"
1: Yeah, yeah, great, qu- great question. I mean, so so, firstly. When I, first, when I first interviewed for the role, there was a our SVP in HR. named name is Paula Ramirez. And I'm comfortable saying this because Paula and I have had many of these conversations. And <laughs> Paula was like, hey, you, you got it. You got to come in here and you need to make some change. Right. And I was like, you know, I appreciate the feedback. And, and I wouldn't have taken the job if not for her. True story. Got it. If she didn't tell me that we had challenges on the team, I wouldn't have taken the job. It wouldn't have been appealing enough to me and so i came in i was able to do evaluations and i went around i did you know talk to the team connected with everybody on the team did a listening tour right with uh leaders in the business with executives in the business and i started to learn more about where our gaps were and so a lot of it was about you know we hear this all the time in ta oh your team is slow right we can't we can never hire fast enough john blastelika says that Speed is the love language of hiring managers. I agree with that. I think that that's so true. Hiring mm. managers want things to go fast all the time. And so we we see that happen, right, so often that hiring managers want things to go quickly. But there was some truth in us being really slow, right? And so, gotcha. uh, so we needed to go in and address that and find ways that we could actually – you know, figure out how to be faster. And it's not time to fill, but it's some lead measures, right? Some leading steps that we needed to take in order to demonstrate agility and speed, right? And urgency, right? Which I think is most important that often gets overlooked. Like we wanna talk about the measure of speed, which time to fill, right? And some of these other things, but what about the urgency that it takes upfront to deliver all of those things that are lag measures on the back end, And we weren't really demonstrating the right level of urgency. The other uh, pieces of feedback were ownership right that we abdicated our responsibility that was something that we needed to work on right so there's some culture uh, aspects that we needed to really solve for and change and then there was a quality impact and so we decided to really lean into some 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 things that were really critical to us and and think about like how do we impact or really optimize our culture and then you know, build our capabilities. We knew we needed to increase our skills within the team in order to grow the business and then really start focusing on you know, the timeliness of our work, the quality of our work, and the efficiency of our work. And so those are things we just talked about all the time, right, on a regular basis and really focusing on that. And thank goodness for great leaders, right, that I'm able to, to work closely with that are on this talent acquisition team that, uh, that do a phenomenal job of, you know, leading recruiters, engaging with the business and really helping us to to shift that perspective, which yeah. we've done a tremendous job of. We still have a long way to go, but we've, we've, we've seen a, a tremendous amount of improvement.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think about some of the things you just said is I was just talking with Darian, um, our CEO. I say our CEO, he's also yeah. my brother. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I was like, yeah, I mean, everyone looks at, speed and quality on this kind of binary, like it's like either this or that. And sometimes I feel like speed can equal quality. Right. So like when you talk about urgency, your best talent is getting sought after from other places. So if you're slow, you're probably not getting your best talent. Right. So like, what do you, have you seen that kind of play out? Like, Hey, when we're more urgent with the best candidates, we win better talent and we have better quality.
1: Oh, 100%, especially in places like in the tech space. Right. Man, so many people can resonate. This will probably resonate with so many people. You know, you've got candidates who are really strong in, an, in a, a role or skill category that's highly sought after. And if, you know, we have hiring managers that are moving slowly or recruiters that are moving slowly and not, you know, respon- as, as responsive to the candidate or the needs of the business as we need to be, we'll start to lose candidates. And we've seen that happen. Right. We've been in situations where hiring managers need to see that one more candidate, and then the mm. candidate that they really liked, but they didn't want to make a decision on quickly enough because their egos got in the way of them actually making a decision too quickly because they needed to have one more interview or to be able to control the process a little bit longer, or even a recruiter who doesn't really, you know, focus on the time to deliver the first qualified candidate to uh, to the hiring manager, that early lead lead measure, then, you know, by the time they get around to finding an individual that has already applied or maybe that the sourcer is sourced and handed to them that they forgot to actually, you know, look at or engage with, that individual has found their other opportunity. And we've seen that happen a couple of times, right, throughout the year, even in, in the previous year uh, within our organization. And those are the things we're really working to to solve for, right, and eliminate... Yeah. Um, so we don't have those issues. And, and but, you know, software devs, cybersecurity uh, engineers, those types of folks, they don't wait, right? They're, right. they're, they're moving. They're, they're, they're highly sought after. And there's organizations we have to be quicker to your point from a quality perspective. We have to be quicker because we're an organization, especially outside of the Pacific Northwest, that's not really well known. And even inside the Pacific Northwest, there's the Microsofts, there's the Amazon, mm. there's the other organizations, right, that sit there that we need to compete against, and we need to be very, very quick to market or to to, to deliver a value proposition to those candidates in order to secure them before they can get snatched by yes. those other companies. What what value are we delivering to those individuals? Speed has to be right in order to to, to you know fully deliver on the quality.
0: Yeah, Darren has a, a theory. That it's really about being first to offer. And it might be theory, it might be a little bit of data behind it, but the reality of like yeah. there's some high percentage of candidates are not they take their first offer. So like Yeah. Yeah, B E C U might not be as household name as a Microsoft, but like they offered me first. Yeah. And the it was within what I was looking for. So I took it. You know? Um yeah. that's a win.
1: Yeah if we could do that and right and couple that with really great engagement and couple that with a great yes. micro value proposition to that candidate, right? All those things we can deliver, right? There's, cause there's sometimes I mean, candidates or recruiters are probably listening or thinking oh, I was first to offer and some of these situations and a company came and, you know, gave them another offer. And then I, I didn't, you know, I didn't win or land the candidate, but how engaged were was mm-hmm. the recruiter, how engaged was the hiring leader? Like what, what, value proposition did we offer that candidate? So if you can couple those two things, right, the really strong engagement and the value proposition being the one, and then being first to offer, you're, you're most likely going to win that candidate for sure.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. And you said it kind of alluded to it. Um, BCU is not big, not small. Like, you're, I feel like you guys are kind of like in the middle. I guess for the audience, so they just have a crystal clear vision. Like, what's your, what's the makeup of your talent org? Your talent acquisition org.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 To very <be> clear. <laughs> yeah, we, that clarity is so important. I hear you. I appreciate that too. I really do. So, uh, makeup of the the talent acquisition org. We've got uh, a talent acquisition leader. I want to call out, I'm going to call out names. I want, I, I love these people and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to have them on the team. So Kim, uh, Kent Hopfinger, who has been with BECU for about seven years, comes with a, a lot of recruiting experience in the financial industry, uh, our financial services industry space. Um, and has a tremendous amount of value to our organization, their organization leads our high volume recruitment. So like, you know, the things that, you know, the, the customer sick facing roles, right. The, mortgage lending people, the, you know, our neighborhood financial centers, the people, the people refer to as our branches, the frontline mm-hmm. folks, right. right? The heartbeat of our organization. And so the member consultants, the people you're calling when you have a, you know, a challenge, an issue or need in the contact center. And Kent's really led this organization super well. And so we've got high volume recruiters and a coordinator, right? In that space that Kent leads. And, and I love it. And I want to parenthetically say this because i think it's so important that kent has a strong focus on the business performance right so we're focusing on things like you know how well is a contact center doing with their you know average speed of answer and the net promoter score and those types of things right because we know that again we catalyze the growth and transformation at BECU. so if we're bringing the right talent in we're going to meet the needs of the mm. business
0: so right? y'all are and looking so, at that metric as well like you're part of that kind of gotcha Got it.
1: Absolutely. And, and the report that Kent gave me on Wednesday, it had a graph in there that included, you know, where we were year to date. And it also had a celebratory moment that says, you know, we're killing it. Right. So super excited about that. And I'm glad that that we're actually, you know, focusing there because it shows that we're, we're not just trying to put butts in seats. We're trying to win the day for the organization. We are focused on leading people on a journey to financial freedom. Right, so through talent acquisition, that's Mm. so critical. Um, So that's the first, the first piece. Second piece is the corporate and technology, which is led by Kim Chanthorn. And Kim has done a phenomenal job leading corporate technology. Not, you know, also not an easy space, but all the things like you know, software devs, all those sorts of things, and then anything internally you know, that are things that we're filling within, you know, the corporate space. You can imagine what that could be, credit risk officers, all sorts of things that land in the financial services arena. And, you know, Kim has done a phenomenal job partnering with the tech group, with the HRVPs in that area with, you know, uh, compensation to ensure that we're being competitive and, and really, you know, securing the talent in that area. And we're doing a phenomenal job. They're really proud of the work that has been done in the transformation that she's done since joining BTU only in February of this year. So uh, great work. And then we've got Marvin Smith, who uh, many of our listeners would probably know your listeners would know. Marvin's been in the talent acquisition space for uh, many years, has led and been a part of talent acquisition and sourcing. He's our sourcing senior manager in sourcing and uh, external talent engagement is what Mm -hmm. we call it. And so uh, Marvin, is has worked at Lockheed, Microsoft, the Gates Foundation, and done phenomenal work in each of those organizations. And we're lucky to have him here as well. And so he's done a, a great job in building our sourcing organization and ta- external talent engagement organization within our group. And so we've really started to shift how we engage with hiring managers as a result of the partnership between Marvin, Kent, and Kim in the teams that they have, right, and the individuals on their teams because they are able to connect with hiring managers up front on all of our requisitions. We're small enough, right, to be able to do that. Some people who are in some of these large organizations are like, that's impossible. We're small enough to be able to do that where we have a sourcer on a call, on what we call a recruitment strategy consultation call with a hiring manager. We don't like, in- I, I despise the intake. term intake me. <laughs> Yeah, intake drives me crazy. I will get on the soapbox for a quick second if you'll allow me to. So it reminds me of so my my wife and I, and this always reminds me of going to the hospital, right? I've got Mm. three. We've got three, three offspring is what I like to say. A son and two daughters. Our son is twenty three, so I can't call him a kid anymore. (laughs) He's well past that, right? So, so I can't say we have three kids. That would just be unfair to him. Heck, unfair to my daughters too. They're seventeen and fifteen. So we have three offspring, right? And so. Our youngest has actually been going through some health challenges. She had some when she was younger, so she's going through some right now. And so uh, we just had this morning an intake over the phone with, with the, the hospital registrar. She's, she has to go for a procedure. So, and so one of the things that that, that intake was so stale, mm. so sterile, so dry that, you know, all they wanted to know was what, what are the issues, what's going on, so they can pass that information on to the right people. As recruiters, we're not taking and gathering information to pass it on to the right people. Right. We are the doctors and the nurses. We're diagnosing and prescribing. Hmm. We're not the people who are just taking information and passing. No knock on those. I'm not trying to knock that role. Right. I'm just saying that that's not the role we play as talent acquisition professionals. We are the diagnosing and prescribing individuals in that scenario and not the people who are actually you know, calling to see if you could pay for your visit. Or to 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 provide the information so it can be passed on to the doctor. So uh, I, I digress. I apologize. So yeah. so they're involved in every recruitment strategy consultation, the, the ta- external talent engagement team. So then we can gather information, build out you know a certain level of of knowledge, a knowledge bank, right, and, and a repository of information for these roles. Plus, we share great market insights, right, about the role. Share insights about the addressable market, right, and what you know how many individuals are you know uh available with this skill set within the states that we hire in? because we hire in seven states you gotcha. know hire across the entire united states so uh and it's this is even for, for us corporate side, for-
0: even on corporate even side corporate. okay yeah. got it
1: even so it's smaller for a high volume because of of where our neighborhood financial centers or our branches are located um, and so even for corporate, we only hire hiring those seven states because, we, you know, smaller organization, not a huge employee relations or HRBP team. So try to keep that yeah. know, employment law uh, mm, down so we don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to know every law in every state with the fewer people that we have. So gotcha. So, yeah, we, we're showing up in a way that's really demonstrating value to the organization and and we're seeing hiring managers just flip out over it. So that structure has really helped us. One of the things I saw and identified when I first got here was that we were doing quite a bit of executive search, but we were doing it through external executive search firms. And so uh, that is obviously a cost to the business that is unnecessary. And so we hired an executive recruiter. Uh, her name is Sydney Fagan, and uh, Sydney's a, an absolute rock star. And so she has come in and just really made a phenomenal difference and how we recruit you know within our within our org she's make building strong relationships with our executive management team right at the C level and then uh she's you know executing on recruitment along with uh the sourcer that she's partnered with is just bethany boots as a, an executive sourcer who we were able to 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 pull into our organization recently in a contingent uh, co- or contractor capacity and so uh, she's done a phenomenal job right so we've added that executive recruiter and a recruitment function which has helped our org it's is helping our org tremendously it's saving us a tremendous amount of money and stewarding the members money right that that uh, our members right as a yeah. financial services cooperative that's important the stewardship of the members money is, is so critical so we're, we're able to do that and we have a town acquisition operations uh function of our org too so really you know I, I i you know really building out and continue to refine what our structure is but uh but that's really the the yeah. Those are the then we have a program manager I'm sorry who handles intern and employee referrals, so those things are are you know the the different parts of the organization under Marvin we've got talent intelligence and that external talent engagement so uh so there's the the aspects of like how do we evaluate what the market's doing and compare that to what we're
0: doing yeah still a lot of people i mean that's a lot of you know it's not small <laughs> definitely not it, small it, it is. Like how many is that people? I
1: think it's to, uh, total people in their organization. We've got about twenty-seven. Gotcha. So it's not 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 by any stretch. I mean, it, you know, it's about you know. I'm going to say this out loud, which you know, to the, the, hopefully it's not to my detriment. Who know who's this? We're about one percent of the organization. Gotcha. Right. So when you look at that, we're about one percent of the organization. The organization is roughly about a little over three thousand people. So we're we're yeah. right there. Or right, right on the three thousand people. So we're right there, about one percent.
0: Do you yeah. see? Two questions. One is, do you see this? Are you guys going to stay right around the 3000 or is it like you've joined and they have this plan to double in the next three years? And it's like, oh, what are we going to do? That's a whole plan we got to create type deal. Or is it like kind of here's where we want to be?
1: Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard like a numerical value on where we want to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are some ambitious goals, right, to continue to grow the organization in order to support. You know that that mission of taking members on a journey to financial freedom, giving people more access, right? Access to you know financial services, and so you know being able to serve all the different markets from under from the underserved to the affluent, yeah, right? And so, and then also small and mid sized businesses as well, so. So there's still more growth to be done within our organization. That numerical, that the number of employees, we haven't really set, but you know we want to make sure we're serving our you know member base yeah. really well. And so if that takes you know a larger number of uh, of internal employees to do that, I I can see our CEO and our board really being supportive of that in order to get us there. So yeah, um, but I, I haven't heard of the numerical value
0: quite yet. Yeah. Well, the thing I point out, I think it's really cool. Is how much joy you can hear like in your job. Like it sounds like you truly yeah. enjoy what you're doing, which is really dope. And not yeah. honestly, candidly, probably not very normal, unfortunately. Um <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> especially in talent, because you get there's so many things in the way, right? So, like you said earlier, yeah. If we're going to steward our members on their financial journey, that starts with our talent, right?
1: Yes.
0: And seeing it as when I first started qualify, there was someone that actually mentioned that it's like the actual most important role in the in the company becomes talent acquisition if you think about it the right way because uh, it's a gatekeeper essentially, yes. like
1: yes.
0: who is bringing people to this organization to run the the machine, and so you see it that way. Have you run into issues where the business, the other parts of the business, don't see it that way? How do you get a seat at that table?
1: Man, that's a- Great question. And yes, I have. Yes, I have. And my first thought around that is, what do I need to do differently to get them to believe differently, right? What do we need to do differently to get them to think about this differently? And I believe that our CEO does think differently. She She's really expressed an appreciation for our internal talent acquisition organization, which I'm super grateful for. We've got a, a new chief people officer that that is demonstrating the advocacy for talent acquisition, which I think is important. Um, so I think we're well positioned to have that seat at the right tables and to be a strategic partner to the business with support of the highest levels of the organization. Now, I, I think we've positioned ourselves poorly historically. Hmm to be left out of the right conversations. And so when we look at what we do as a transaction, get a job, fill a job, get a job, fill a job, get a job, fill a job. Yep. This is why when I first took over the organization, we were called recruiting operations. I hate it <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I'm them. not doing that. I'm like what is that? <laughs> You're right. What does that even what does that even mean? And and so and then you know, people in the organization are like, oh, recruiting operations. And so it just looks like we're just doing, you know, hey, throw it over to the fence to them, let them work on it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll figure it all out. We'll strategize around it and then give it to them to fill it. And then we'll move on. When we talk about strategy again, we'll let them know once we've come up with the plan Mm -hmm. and uh, we're moving away from that, but the mindset still, it takes time to shift it. It has not completely shifted yet, but you know, with every conversation I am, working to shift that thought process and that narrative right and so i had a conversation with with some leaders at our sea level last week while in seattle and uh one of the things i was telling them is that like when we talk right i want to talk about what big rocks you're focusing on what are the next two to three years looking like for you what products what 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 sort of you know things are you working on within your business that are going to be critical not so we can focus on talent. I was like, our our conversation around talent will either be secondary or potentially tertiary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, one one person's eyes got really big, like, huh? (laughs) And they're like, aren't you the leader in talent acquisition? I'm like, yes. But if we focus myopically on getting a job or what jobs are you hiring for, then we're going to have a transactional relationship. I am no different than the barista you got coffee from this morning. Mm. I am no different. Like you're getting your pumpkin spice latte from me. You're walking away. You don't care. You're not thinking about me again. There's no strategy in you getting your pumpkin spice latte. You feel like I can make it or the Starbucks down the road can make it, right? There's no difference in how we interact. I want it to be very different. I Mm -hmm. want to understand your business. And then we want to be able to contribute to your business, not just fill seats, right? And so I think we've contributed historically We've contributed to the negative perception or thought process around talent acquisition, and agreeing to just get a job and fill a job, order and taking. not asking yeah. for that seat at the t- yeah the order taking fill the mentality right. And we need to ask for that seat at the table, and and in some situations, be willing to earn it right, and and then you know uh, be willing to 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 sit down and and continue to you know, add value in that seat, right? And not just, you know, sit there and order take or take an order or, you know, not have a, a, a point of view, right? And share that point of view that that is aligned with the priorities of the organization. For TA leaders out there, like how many of us know the priorities of our org, right? That That's a very important thing. And are we aligning our talent acquisition strategy to those priorities? Mm. And if not, we should be thinking differently and when I talk to our CEO, I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm like, I'm going to run down the four priorities. Here's what we're doing. Here's, here's how that's aligned to the, the priorities that you and your leadership team has set for the organization, because that's critical and important to how we do our work. So, yeah. and, and if we're not, if we're not doing that, we won't get the seat, right? We won't get the seat. I think Tim Sackett had written, written an article a while about a year ago about like why hiring managers don't want to talk to us. As recruiters, right? And, and, you know, sometimes we get offended by it, but if the hiring manager doesn't feel like we're adding value to the conversation, then yeah, that conversation ends quickly or it gets rescheduled or canceled quite often. So when those types of things happen, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing differently? Or how can we show up differently? And that's where I give, when I mentioned Sydney Fagan, that's an executive recruiter on our team, she's phenomenal at that, right? She can engage anybody in an organization at any given time for a long period of time. Even if you say like this person's not talkative, Sydney, Sydney is going to lean into that conversation, draw the most out of them. Mm. You'll, they'll be talking for thirty <laughs> minutes. Next time you check, so those those are huge value adds, right, to the organization and people. People start to look at it and feel like, oh, geez, I'm this talent acquisition team is different. I'm connected to them yeah. because you know we're we're asking the right questions, right? We're drawing information out.
0: Yeah. Like you're actually partnering, like, you know, it's oh. it's a title until you make it really happen. And then it's like, Oh, I see now what that means, you know? So
1: come on. yeah. 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 And I, and that's the thing. I mean, oftentimes we, we do want to change names for, you know, the flavor of the week for the, you know, for the cuteness of, you know, the way it sounds, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, one of my favorite leaders says it's, it's hanging on the wall but not happening down the hall. Right. And so, like you said, if we're not doing it it makes no difference. Right.
0: Exactly. People don't believe exactly. Well, awesome. I'm going to transition us to the question of the week. So you have a feel of why we do this. This is an opportunity for our audience to get involved. They get to take a little interview like you did, but except it has one question answering the same question that you do. And if the question wins, they get a prize. So audience members, if you are hearing this, The link is in the show notes down below or to the side or wherever direction you get a description, it's there. (laughs) But you click it and you put your information in and you answer the question and I get it. So Steve, you get first pass since you're here. So all right, here we go. In a competitive job market, how do you strike a balance between speed and quality when it comes to hiring decisions?
1: The biggest thing is, and I I can't take credit for this. I've learned some of this from, John Vlastelik is a master, right? And he talks about this a lot uh, uh, as it relates to speed, quality, diversity. And, you know, we we actually went through, uh, our team went through a uh, talent advisor training with Recruiting Toolbox this year. I felt that was super, super valuable. As I mentioned, you know, we were talking about optimizing our culture, building our capabilities. As part of building our capabilities, we wanted to talk, we, we've gone through multiple things in the, over the past year to upskill our team. And that was one of them. And so, One of the things I've encouraged, you know, our TA leaders and recruiters to go into meetings and ask is, you know, what are you optimizing for? Hmm. Right. What are you optimizing for? Because it is so important. Right. For us to know, like we could be trying to fill a role fast, but if the hiring leader isn't just trying to fill it quickly and they're just like, no, I'm so focused on finding the right person. I'll take as long as I need to find the right person. And we're like, all right, we're gonna find the right person next week. And you know, the hiring manager isn't optimizing the recruiting process for speed, then you're gonna be spinning, spinning your wheels. Gotcha. You have to know that up front. The alignment piece is so critical. And then the other piece is if we're if the hiring manager is optimizing for speed, and we've just got off of that engagement with the hiring manager who's optimized for quality, and we've set our sights on optimizing for quality and not for speed, then we're like, not engaging enough with that hiring manager, our follow-ups aren't right, our rhythm and cadence of of communication with that leader is off. Then you know we're going, we're going into that engagement wrong and misaligned, right, with what their needs are. And so each time we're going into a, a conversation with the hiring, for me, the most important part of the process is the time we speak with the hiring leader. Gotcha. There's no more important aspect of that conversation or, or of the recruiting process the what we call the recruitment strategy consultation that is the most important piece of the process because that's where we get alignment with the hiring manager we can learn from them and we can help share information with them and so we're setting expectations in that conversation too right but if we're if we're not getting the right information from them understanding what they're optimizing for speed quality diversity whatever it may be then we are we're, we're setting ourselves up and the candidates up. So we're always, people want to talk about candidate experience a lot. And I'm like, yes, candidate experience is, I'm big on candidate experience, huge on it. And if, if you know, anyone joining the conversation after listening to the first part of this would know that like, I'm, I'm big on candidate experience. I think the candidate should be the hero of the story. I believe that. However, if we're not engaging well with the hiring manager, we're not going to create a candidate experience. My thoughts, the, a great employee experience starts with a great a great candidate experience, but a great candidate experience starts with the right hiring manager engagement. And so if we're not engaged well with the hiring manager, all the other things can easily fall apart. In luck, sometimes it can look okay, but consistently it will not go well. And so uh, understanding what the hiring manager needs up front is the most important part of the process. And then we can we can determine, okay, how do we need to, you know, what does that time frame look like? What What does speed look like to this year? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what is our follow-up going to be? And uh, and then showing up with some, with the right level of data, right? Understanding historically, how long has it taken to fill some of these roles? So if the hiring manager does want to optimize for speed, we can say, well, the last five times we filled this position, it has taken us an average of 85 days. So what, here's what we need to do differently. Mm. How, you know, what, what are you willing to commit to? What trade-offs are you willing to make in order to get us from 85 days to, you know, yeah. wherever we're aligned
0: yeah. to, uh,
1: to try and fill.
0: That's fire. Whole thing was fire. And I appreciate, um, honestly, I, I appreciate how you think, how you deliver. I've learned a ton from this podcast and I think all of our audience will. And so would love to give them opportunity to follow you and, and stay in touch if they, feel inclined to so how would you like for the world to know how to reach you in future states
1: i mentioned earlier to everybody that i have a 23 year old son uh, he's a lot one well, he's a lot smarter than i am he's he's but but he's um he uh he's 23 so i, I am getting upward in age so i'm not on any other measure, on other aspects of social other than linkedin so if you follow me or connect with me not follow me but connect with me on linkedin steve white there's probably a couple probably of a few of those on LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but Steve White, I do look similar to what I do now. Probably a few pounds lighter <laughs> in my picture, but um, but if you if you connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. Uh, otherwise, you can send me a message directly, Steve at b e c u dot org. Please connect. I'd love to to you know connect personally with anyone who has any thoughts, questions, perspectives, differing opinions, anyone on my team knows that I believe in healthy tension. So I'm all about understanding anyone's uh, differing perspective as well. So I look forward to, to connecting with anyone who's willing.
0: Awesome. Well, you're here to folks. Um, Steve's open. He's been open to me. He'll take you up on that. I, I promise. So uh, if you liked this episode as much as me, and I'm sure you did make sure to like, and subscribe, cause there's going to be many more that come so you never miss a beat. But until then, it's been great to have you, Steve. Thanks again for for hopping on and we'll be back with more uh, and maybe a part two in the future as well. Who knows? So appreciate you Uh, and have a good rest of your day.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man. I want to say this real quick. I appreciate you. I I value you and uh, admire the work that you're doing, not just with the podcast. The podcast is fired, but with the work that you're doing with Qualify, man, you are outstanding. And the tool that you have is phenomenal. And I I truly appreciate the work that you're doing in the TA space.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it as well. Awesome. Well, I'll see you
1: soon. Thank you, sir.